Hi, welcome to our podcast. To learn more about Liverpool One Church, join us live, give financially and to get involved, head to liverpoolonechurch.com. We believe God wants to do great things in and through your life today. Enjoy this message. Well, it's a good day to be in church today. Are we all ready? Are we all expectant? I know we're expectant that it's coming home tonight, but I'm telling you now, if it doesn't come home, I ain't going home. So if anybody has a spare room in their house, I will gladly take it because I will not be going back to mine. But before we get to the celebrations of this evening, the Word of God has something to speak into all of our lives. And though everybody will hear the Word of God, not everybody will receive from the Word of God today. You know, it teaches us in Matthew that, that, that it teaches us about seed that the farmer sows, and it was Jesus using it as a metaphor, talking about the Word of God. And it talks about how the seed fell on rocky ground, and it, and it planted for a moment. And it speaks of a man who, when the troubles in life come, he just forgot about the Word of God because it didn't take root So my prayer for you today is this, that you won't be those whose seed falls on rocky ground, but that your hearts will be fertile and ready to receive what the Lord wants to say to you today, because the Word of God has the power to change your life. And I don't know how perfect your life is, but I need the Word of God to change areas of my life. So I'm believing in what the Word of God has got to say to us today. And we are in the middle of this series called Road Trip. And um, I don't know what road trips were like in your household, in your cars, but in ours they were pretty stressful. You know, when the kids were small and we'd go on a road trip, they were pretty stressful. Most of you know that Luke did 10 years in the police before we started the church. And um, he was a first response um, officer, which meant that he got to drive high speed in the police cars to get to um, the serious cases. And so that was great when he was in a uniform with a blue flashing light, but not so great on his days off when I wanted to take the family on a trip. And we would pile the kids in the car, we'd put the dog in the car, we'd pack a lunch, and we would all set off. And um, I wanted to enjoy the journey. I wanted some conversation, you know? I wanted to talk about the view. But Luke was like, the policeman was still in him. And he was a man on a mission. I just want to get you there. I want to get you there fast. I want to get you there safe and I need to concentrate. So the conversation was void. The scenery was a blur. Isaac was always sick. And we were all stressed by the time we got anywhere. It was not fun. But how many know that life is a journey? Life is a gift that was given to you. In case you do not know, every waking hour of every day is a gift to you, given to you by God, that you may journey through this thing called life, that you may mark the moments, celebrate the occasions, and navigate your way through the highs and the lows of this journey called life. But so often, we too can make the mistake on being so fixated to get into our destination that we miss the process of the journey. We miss the lessons of life along the way. We need to understand that the going through is as important as the getting to. 
Because we all have a destination, various destinations along the way of life. We want to start dating, we want to get married, we want a family, we want a career, we want to move house. We have different destinations. But don't get so caught up in where you want to be that you miss the lessons of life along the journey. You know, whether you're driving on a long road trip, going on your holiday somewhere, or whether you're just getting in the car and it round the corner to the supermarket, we all have this thing, a code of conduct that we have to drive by, and it's called the highway code. Now, the highway code is not a um, book of instruction telling you everything you can't do on the road. But the highway code is there for you to master and to learn so that you drive safely and arrive at your destination safely. And the reason we all take a driving test is so that we can prove that we have read and understood the instructions of the highway code. Because the highway code is not just subject to your interpretation of it. It's very specific and intentional in its meaning. You can't say to the police officer, you know, at the roundabout when you've had a collision, I I saw the sign, but I mistook it for a flying saucer. It was my interpretation of what that sign was. The highway code is very intentional, and we have to master it, learn it, drive by it, in order that we arrive at our destination safely. Part of the highway code is that we identify signs and symbols along the roadside because they inform us of what's coming up next in our journey. When you see a road sign, it is there to say, this is approaching on your journey. You know, the journey of life's not a choice. If you've got breath in your body, by the way, you're on it. You're traveling right now. And there are many parallels and comparisons that can be drawn between a natural road trip and the journey that you take through your life. We know in the natural that it would be foolish and destructive if you were to ignore the highway code. You know, if you're going the wrong way down a one way, then there's only one way it's going to end, and that ain't good, right? If you're doing 60 in a 30, it's likely that someone is going to get hurt. So the highway code is there for you to navigate your journey. Can I tell you that the Bible is just the same? It's not a book of do's and don'ts. A lot of people think the Bible is a book of everything you can't do. It's the boring part of life that God has put out there to say you cannot do this in your lifetime. I'd just like to put it out there and say, the Bible is your instruction booklet to get you through life safely, to get you to all the destinations that you desire to get to safely. The Bible is there to forewarn you of things that are coming up on your journey so that you can spot them and identify them and navigate your way through them safely. Road signs are there for our benefit to prevent accidents and collisions. And throughout the Bible, we do see that God has given us signs pointing to what is ahead, pointing to what is coming up, and teaching you how to navigate the next season of your life. Because wherever life finds you right now, God has already seen the season you're about to enter in. So he's flagging up some signs for you to read now so that next season doesn't come as a shock 
or as a surprise to you. So I want to give you um, four common roadside signs that we read and we see every day on our travels. And I want to show you how their natural meaning can also mean something in our journey through life. And the first point that I want to make is a crossroads. We're all familiar with the crossroads sign. A crossroad indicates that there is an intersection of another road coming ahead. Therefore, you need to be sure of the route you're choosing to take. You need to be sure of the direction that you are going in in your life. Because if you don't, you're going to get confused at the crossroads. If you are not sure of the direction you are headed in, when you come to the crossroads, you're going to be unsure of which way you should go. So a crossroads speaks of decisions that we have to make in life. We have to make decisions every single day. Some are big decisions, some are small, but either way, there are crossroads. Shall I date the person or should I not? Because one's going to take me in one direction and another's going to take me in the other direction. Do I spend the money? Do I save the money? Which direction am I going in today? Should I go to church or should I stay in my pajamas and watch it on Monday online? It's a decision. But one choice is going to take your life in a direction and the other choice is going to take your life in another direction. Because every time that you are at a crossroads in your life, right, it's going to take you either closer to your destination, a right choice, a wrong choice will take you further away from your destination. Your destination is the person you see yourself being in the future. Because let's be honest, none of us want to remain the same. There's attributes about each and every one of us that we want to change. There are things within us, in our character, in, in, our, in our practical life and in our private life, there are things that we want to see different. There are things that we want to change. And so that's the destination that you're heading for. So when we face a crossroads daily in our character, because we do, every single day we face a crossroads. Because you do know, right, you can't always choose what you go through in life, but you can choose how you go through what you go through in life. Because it is a crossroads. Therefore, you don't need to act on the way that you feel. You can choose, by the way. You can choose. Just because you feel in a bad mood, you don't have to be in a bad mood. We get to choose our attitude and our character and the persona that we give off. Therefore, when a situation presents itself to me, I have to stop for a moment and think. Because whatever choice I make next is either going to take me closer to my destination or further from it. So, think. Do I want to be patient or am I going to lose my temper? Which is it going to be? When you're faced with a situation, think. 
What's the right thing for me to do? Do I be humble or am I gonna dig my heels in and be proud? Because one choice is gonna take me closer to the person I wanna become and the other choice is gonna take me further away from the person that I want to become. So we have to choose daily in our character. Every decision is a roadway that is taking you somewhere. So be sure that the route you choose is taking you towards the future that you want. Proverbs 3.5, it's a familiar scripture. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Not part of it, all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. You want to know what you should do in your situation You should acknowledge God. The word acknowledge means to recognize the importance of. In your private life and in your public life, when you are faced with a decision in your character or whether you are faced with a decision in your conduct or or whether you are faced with a, a big decision or a little decision, acknowledge, recognize the importance of God in that moment and decide who you want to be, how you want to be, and he will direct your path. He'll show you which path to take. There's a song we sing in church, and the lyrics um, go like this. It says, there was another in the fire standing next to me. And it is a song that is written based around a story that is found in Daniel 3 about three Hebrew guys who were taken prisoner, they were taken captive into the land of Babylon. Now, this is not a fable. This is a true story, something that actually happened. This was human trafficking. Before we put the label on human trafficking and decided that's what it was, this is what is happening here. Three lads taken, three teenagers taken against their will into a foreign land, forced to bow down and worship idols, foreign gods. Only these three boys made a stand and said, we will only worship the one true living God. This is a choice that we're making. We are not going to worship the idols of Babylon. But the king Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with them that he ordered them the death sentence. And the death sentence was by fire. You're going to be put into a furnace and you are going to be burnt alive. But you see, they acknowledged God in all of their ways and they knew what they were about. And they said, mm mm In fact, listen to their response. They felt afraid because it's a natural human response. We feel afraid, but fear was not going to come out of their mouth because they made a choice that even though I feel afraid, I'm going to speak out faith. In verse 16 of chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three boys, they replied to the king Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God who we serve, here's the faith, is able to save us. He will rescue us from the power, from from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you that we will never serve your gods or bow down to your gold statue. We want to make it clear to you. Do you know that some of you, your prayers are not being answered? You don't know the right choice to make at the crossroads you're at because you're not making it clear who you are and what you're about. You see, many people will live a life of compromise 
They're clear in church who they are, but when they get with the crowd, they compromise and become more like the crowd. When they're in the workplace, there's a compromise and we can become more like the workplace, but we're still praying our prayers to God. What should I do? How do I make this decision? Well, you start by making the way clear. They chose faith over fear. And in verse 24, they'd been put into the furnace, but the king looks in the furnace and he says this. He jumped up in amazement and he exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men? And throw them into the fiery furnace. Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men, unharmed, unbound, walking around in the fire. And the fourth looks like God. You see, these boys made a decision. And Jesus got right in the center of the decision that they made. A crossroads. It gets its name from the shape that it forms at the intersection of another road. And let me tell you, when you are at the point of decision in life, Jesus is at the center, signposting you, showing you the way you should go. So even though it looks scary on the outside, even though it looks like madness to the world, when you make a decision based on the fact that you have acknowledged God in all of your ways, he gets right in there in the center of your decision making. It goes on to say how Nebuchadnezzar the king fell to his knees and says, there is no God like the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. He says, no God could rescue like this. And in the very next verse, he promotes those three Hebrew boys to the highest ranking positions in the whole of the province of Babylon. Because I wanna tell you that the right choice at the crossroads, it might look senseless and it might look difficult, but when you acknowledge God in all of your ways, then he is getting ready to propel you onto greater things. So make sure we choose wisely. The second point is roadworks and roadblocks. We hate it when we're driving down the road and we see that sign that says roadworks, delays possible. Roadworks just always mean you're going to be late. Roadworks bring out the monster in you. It infuriates you when you are stuck at roadworks. But often what can look like a disappointment to you in life might actually be a God set up for your life. Because delays and detours can actually be destiny in disguise when your life is in the hands of God. Now a couple of weeks ago, I was going to meet um, Luke in town for lunch. And um, what should have taken me 10 minutes to get there, I stuck, sat for 40 minutes, stuck at Roadworks. For anybody who knows the Strand in Liverpool, it's all been dug up recently. And I was not far from the Liva buildings, and I was stationary, I'm not kidding, for 40 minutes, like I didn't move. The traffic was gridlocked, the whole of the road was dug up, and I was fuming because I was going to be late for my lunch. I was going to be late for meeting my husband. I had things planned I needed to do in the afternoon. But while I sat there frustrated and unable to do anything about my situation, I began to think, how many roadblocks do we come up against in our life 
when we're on our way to our destination? How many roadblocks do we encounter? You know the unexpected thing. You never plan for roadworks when you set off on your journey. You never allow time for roadworks, do you? And so often you can be on your destination. Maybe you're on a destination to starting a family. But you come up to a roadblock. And the roadblock is your relationship is in trouble. Well, you never saw that one come in. I didn't plan for that. I didn't schedule for that. I was en route to starting a family. But the unexpected problem that came up in your relationship. Maybe you are on en route to, um, maybe you're en route to, to uh, climbing up the career ladder in work. And that's your destination, is to be the top of your game. But you hit an unexpected roadblock called redundancy. You didn't see that coming. You didn't schedule for it. But you're just stuck at this roadblock. And now it's going to take you a lot longer to get to where you want to be. A roadblock called an unexpected health issue. Yeah, but I was due to start university. Like, I didn't see that coming. Now I'm going to have to defer for a year. It's a roadblock in life. And all through life, we meet roadblocks. And the more you look around, it seems like everybody else is moving. Everybody else is on their journey. And I'm just stuck. I can't seem to move forward. I'm just stuck. Stuck in my prayer life. Like, I'm praying I don't even know if God exists. I don't feel like he's answering my prayer. I'm just stuck. Stuck in my mindset. Like I do so well for so long and then the negative thoughts creep back in and it takes me right back to the beginning and I just get stuck. And everybody else is moving. But this is what I know. Roadworks are necessary. When something needs repairing, or something needs rebuilding, or something new is being constructed, roadworks are necessary. And for that reason, the traffic has to be delayed or diverted. And if we were to apply that to the journey of life, we would have to acknowledge that not every problem is from the devil. We would have to acknowledge that God puts roadblocks in your life, maybe when he's working on something in you. Maybe God needs to halt you in order to heal you. Maybe, just maybe, God is wanting to construct a new something within you. Maybe God is wanting to dig up an old mindset and give you a new way of thinking. Maybe God is wanting to pull down an old attitude and give you a new heart and a new spirit about you. Maybe, just maybe, God has you at a roadwork because he wants to do something in you before he can take you further on your journey. You see, God's not concerned about getting you to your destination fast. He's not bothered. But he is concerned on getting you there ready. You know, there's nothing worse than arriving at a place that you couldn't wait to get to, but you are unprepared for it. You know, I said I was going to meet Luke for a meal in town. Well, it wasn't a date or anything like that. It was a meal thing that I'd set up because we'd been in a really busy season in our lives and I felt like we were just not 
connecting like the way that we should. So I set the meal up. It was one of those like, I've got something to say and you're going to listen. You know those kind of things we set up, girls? It's like, I'm going to trap him and I'm going to speak to him and I'm going to unleash my feelings on him. And it was one of those situations. But I had 40 minutes. I mean, you know, thank the Lord I had 40 minutes to sit in the car Because in those 40 minutes, as I began to think about the roadblocks in life, I felt like God readjusted some stuff in me. He realigned my attitude. He took my defenses down. He spoke to my heart. Because I was about to unleash all of my bad attitude into our marriage. But how many know by the time that I got to that meal, we didn't even need to have that conversation. And I think God will halt you at the roadworks. And I think God will cause you to be delayed. I think God will cause you to have to be diverted and go the long way around sometimes because he's dealing with something in you that would be detrimental to you if you got to your destination and you still had it in you. And so roadworks, they're not always fun, but you know, the vision for your life has to be so much bigger than, than, than what you have right now. You have to be able to see that God is doing something within you. And so the third one is where the road narrows. The road narrowing sign, it means where there's been traffic of two lanes or four lanes, it's now coming down into a single file situation. It's a single file journey ahead. Matthew 7, 13 says, enter through the narrow gate for the wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. You know, I've heard many people speaking on this before, and, um, and a lot of scholars would, would, would teach that it is, it's about heaven and hell. You know, broad ACDC wrote the song, didn't they, Highway to Hell? And it's like, uh, you know, that's the common way of living. Everybody's headed to hell, but you know what? There is a narrow road, a higher road for you to travel on, and that takes you to eternal life. And whilst I believe that is true, I'm not so sure this was what Jesus was referring to when he spoke out uh, in this context because the people who he was speaking to, he wasn't speaking to the general crowd, he was speaking to his disciples. So he was talking to those who already loved him. He was talking to those who already knew him and already followed him. And he's saying to them, hey, listen, there's a way that is common to everybody, but I'm teaching you this because I don't want you to live the common way, even in your Christian life. How many know the word Christian is so broad these days? So broad, like everyone's a Christian, right? Do what you like, you're a Christian. Everybody wants to be a Christian. Everybody says they're a Christian. And I think what Jesus was saying here is like, look, just let your life and your conduct Marry up to the word. Marry up to the name. What Christian is all about. There is a common way. And everybody wants to live the common way. We hear it from our kids, don't we? You know when you're trying to discipline your child and they go, everybody else is doing it. And you're like, yeah, well, I'm not everybody else's mum. I'm your mum and you ain't doing it. And uh, because everybody wants to do the common thing. Everybody wants to do what everybody else is doing it. But living life, doing what feels fun, does not always have fun results. Because there's this thing called consequence. 
And God's like, you can avoid the consequence by traveling the narrow road. You know, it's fun to spend money you don't really have and rack up debt on a credit card, but it's not so fun in the future when you can't get a mortgage because you've been blacklisted. It's fun, you know, to eat what you want, when you want, but there is this thing called consequence and you will pay for it one day in your health. You know, it's fun. Sleep with whoever, wherever, and whenever you want. Say what you think without thinking about what you're saying. But let me tell you, a life without morals and boundaries is a destructive and a short-lived life. And Jesus said, there's another way. And I'm encouraging you, find the other way. It's unpopular, it's uncommon, because people would rather bow down to peer pressure than the presence of God. And so he said, but you need to find the uncommon way, because on your route, on your journey throughout life, there are going to flag up road narrowing signs that I need you to pay attention to. It means there's a choice coming. Are you going to go the common way or are you going to do the uncommon thing? But going on the narrow path, it might cost you. It might cost you a relationship when you set the stalls of your morals out on the narrow road. It might cost you your job when you refuse to do the underhand thing that your boss is wanting you to do. It might cost you in your friendship when you decline the invitation to the party because you know what's going down there and you're like, I just don't need to be a part of that. So it may cost you. Not everybody is willing to make that choice but the vision for your life has to be bigger than what you see today and the way you feel today because the choices you make today will determine how you live tomorrow. So look out on your journey through life for the road narrowing signs and be wise. Choose differently to the crowd. And the fourth and final point that I wanna make is the roundabout. The roundabout, you know, that little island in the road that lets us circle around it till we find the exit that we want to leave by. Only, I don't know if you've ever been to an unfamiliar area and you go round and round about and you can't find the turn, the exit, and you go round again and, and usually the passenger in your car says, it was second left, you missed it. And so you go round again and then you're like, no, it's not second left, it's not. And you go round again and it's like, it's so disorientating. Do you ever feel in life that you go around in circles? Like there's just that thing you can't move on from. You can't get past. You can't seem to move on from the roundabout in life. Going round and round. But you see, when you spend life going round in circles, anything you do more than once becomes a cycle. And a cycle forms a pattern in your life. It's that thing that you keep on doing that you don't want to do, but you don't seem to be able to help yourself, so you keep on doing it. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating, and it's disorientating, and you know that you're moving, but you don't feel like you're progressing. I just keep doing the same thing over and over again. And I loved what Luke said last week. 
If you, didn't, if you weren't here last week, please go and watch the message, listen to the message from last week. He talked about borrowing maps from someone else's life, someone else who's been through what you've been through, the map that will help you to navigate your way through the situation that you're in. And I love the fact that the Bible is full of stories and full of lives who have lived out everything that we're experiencing right now, everything we've been through and everything we're about to go through. Somebody's already been through it. And I'm so thankful for the Word of God that stories are recorded for us to learn from. And we're going to borrow a map from Paul right now, the Apostle Paul. And he writes in Romans 7, 15, because he knew what it was to live life on a roundabout. He says, "Um, I don't really understand myself. Thank God for people who wrote Scripture like that and recorded it for people like me. Because that gives me great help when the Apostle Paul said, "Uh, I don't really understand myself. He said, I don't really understand myself for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I hate what I do. Instead, I do what I hate. And then verse 19, he says, I want to do what is good, but I don't. And I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Hello. It's a circle that's become a cycle in his life. I can identify with it. I'm sure that you can too. The areas in your life that you just can't seem to move past. In verse 21, he says, I've discovered this principle in life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God with all my heart. Hello, I love God with all my heart. But there is another power within me that is at war in my mind. And this power makes me a slave to the sin that is still in me. In other words, this power makes my circle a cycle and I can't seem to break it. What a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? I thank God the answer is Jesus. Jesus Christ our Lord. No matter how saved you are, no matter how long you've been a Christian, how many times you've attended church, or how often you've read your Bible cover to cover, we all have issues. Every single one of us has a something that is repeated in our life over and over again that we can't seem to make. So much so that you could have been the author of Romans 7.15. The story of your life could be, I just don't understand myself. But a circle that is repeated becomes a cycle. And a cycle that is unchanged becomes a chain. Chains bind you. Chains hold you. Chains prevent you from moving forward. The journey of going round the roundabout produces the cycle which binds you and holds you and stops you from moving forward in life. And Paul knew what it was to be bound in chains. He talks about practical chains, the outworking of chains, the external chains. When he was in prison and when he was shackled, he knew what that was like. But he also talks about internal chains that hold you, 
the internal change that no one else can see, the roundabout that you are stuck on going round and round in circles. We talk about addiction being the most obvious one. Drugs, alcohol, pornography. They are roundabouts that people can't get off and have become cycles in their life that have bound them in chains. But do you know there are way more common addictions that we struggle to break free from? Pride being one of those. I'm not gonna be that way. I'm not gonna be that way. I hate that about myself. And only when you're faced with a situation again do you become puffed up and pride-filled. It's the thing that I do that I hate doing, but it feels good at the time and I enjoy it at the time, but then I wanna beat myself up afterwards because I'm sick of going around the roundabout jealousy. Let's talk about the roundabout of jealousy. I'm not gonna be that way anymore. I dislike being that person, but I just don't know how to get off the roundabout. It's a cycle. Anger, my buttons just get pushed and I fly off the handle, but I don't wanna be that person anymore. I don't wanna be known as the angry man. I want to change, I want it to be different. But Paul gives us hope and he makes it clear that roundabouts are a part of our daily journey. Every single day you're gonna face a roundabout. You can't get past them or over them without going around them. But here's the deal. He says the roundabout doesn't have to become a cycle. You see, there is a signpost on the roundabout and it's a great big sign and it says, grace, this way, grace. Only you keep missing the sign called grace because you're looking at the sign called unworthy. And you're like, oh, I think that's my turn off, unworthy, failed again, can't, just can't get involved in church because I just keep failing again and again. God says, no, look for the sign called grace, the unwavering, unmerited favour of God upon your life. He knew that we were a flawed species, so He made a way for us. He sent Jesus to die on a cross and His grace is sufficient for you. So every time you get stuck on the roundabout, He says, look for the sign that says grace, lean into me, learn from me. My grace is sufficient sufficient for you. You don't have to be stuck in a cycle for the rest of your days. In Colossians 4, Paul writes to us and he says these words, remember my chains and may God's grace be with you. What was he saying? Remember you're not on your own. Remember you're not the only one who's had funky thoughts. Remember, you're not the only one who struggled with your attitude. But the point is, don't become complacent, going round and round the roundabout, always moving, never progressing. God says, no, I need you to look for the sign that says grace freely given this way. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you can take that message and apply it to your life. Also, don't forget to take a moment to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. To get connected or stay more connected to the life of Liverpool One Church and learn how you can join us live, visit liverpoolonechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us and we hope to see you again soon.